Never a bad day when you get to talk about some professional football. The NFL has been going. We're about halfway through now. So there's definitely a lot to talk about. Some teams that haven't been performing to the way they are and are in a little bit of a, a rough patch right now. And then also some players in specific that got a little bit going on in their own field. I'm Chris Jones, and I'm here with Ryan Fox and Michael Friday. When we look at a lot of the things going on in the NFL, one of them specifically that I honestly kind of talk about a lot just because I'm a Giants fan, the Giants in specific, they're kind of going through a a tough season, if we're going to say the least, in some nice terms. Daniel Jones is out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL. So now, because of that, we have Tommy DeVito starting at quarterback, is also with Tyrod Taylor on the IR. So I think the big question about the Giants, because I hear a lot of people talking about it and kind of leading to some other speculations, is it over for the Giants? Do they really have any possible chance of coming back or having like a solid record or maybe get, finishing third even in the NFC East? Is there any possible chance for the Giants? Um, to, oh, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, to be honest, I think it might be over for the for the Giants. Um, you know, Matt Barkley did just uh, join their training camp, but I don't think he's going to see too much playing time. Um, DeVito's young, so he's got, like, so much potential, you know. Um, but he's but he's still pretty inexperienced, you know. He's got to kind of, like, thread together with the offense and defense, got to work some of his magic, you know. Um, but I was kind of thinking – what if they ended up tanking the season just to get a good 24 draft pick? And I 100% agree with you there. That is definitely a possibility. And at least in my eyes, the season is, it's over for the Giants, especially yeah. now you're down two quarterbacks. It's, I think the main thing right now that New York, the New York Giants have to do is they have to focus on their player development. You mentioned it as well, Tommy, uh, excuse me, uh, DeVito, the young quarterback. Now that you have the opportunities, Make sure you develop him to his full potential as well as the other young guys on the team because even though uh, Daniel Jones is out, there were still already a lot of problems within the team, especially their offensive line that need uh, need a lot of help and a lot of um, they need a lot of help there. And I think the season is really over for the Giants, but it really comes down to game by game going through player development, keeping everyone's head in the game as well. Absolutely. I completely agree with both you guys there because, I mean, as a Giants fan, I unfortunately have to watch them week in and week out, and it might be one of the most brutal things I have to do every single week. But when you look at a team that, again, with Daniel Jones out, a lot of people have been coming into question. Daniel Jones gets paid a lot of money. He's getting paid about $40 million a year, and with this torn ACL, a lot of people are coming into question that, is this it for Daniel Jones? And in my opinion, it probably should be because he hasn't really been – the guy we thought he was going to be drafting sixth overall back in, I believe it was 2019 we drafted him. He was never, the only real good thing that he had going for him was last season when he was able to bring us to the first round of the playoffs. We beat Minnesota Vikings and then second round, uh, I'm not going to talk about the second round because that didn't go so well. So it's not looking like Daniel Jones has any future here with the Giants. So going into the draft, there's definitely possibilities of drafting a quarterback, there's a lot of guys like Caleb Williams or even Drake May out of UNC. So there's a lot of guys that you could possibly draft there if you think that's the route you want to go, change up your quarterback position, because the Giants are in a big rebuild. They're in a massive rebuild season right now. I mean, we we say it every single year that they are, 
But I think after this year, with the way Daniel Jones has been playing, now injured, not looking very good for the Giants. But another part of the Giants that you kind of, like, bring into question is Saquon Barkley. He has obviously been a star running back, top 10 running back. Sometimes people could say when he's at his healthiest, he could be a top five. But he is taking on a bigger workload than he's ever taken in his career. We saw last week against the Jets, when he ran the ball 36 times, do we think that type of work is maintainable? Because a position like the running back spot is a very scarce position. They get injured, unfortunately, a lot of the time. So do we think Saquon Barkley can be running the ball 25, 30 times a game? Absolutely, Chris. I completely agree with you, man. Saquon Barkley is absolutely pivotal for the Giants offense. They definitely need to establish some run game between him and DeVito and the offense in general. You know, we need to establish some grounds, uh, make sure they know what they're talking about, make sure they uh, know what plays they're kind of running. But another question that I want to bring up, can Saquon remain healthy? I know that he's pretty injury prone at times, um, but he can he remain health, uh, completely healthy to, uh, you know, benefit the uh, the Giants and help DeVito, like, up his game, you know what I mean? Yeah, with a guy like Saquon Barkley, there's, like, it's tough to say with his injury history that where he's going to be able to provide benefit because he definitely, like, the injury uh, history with him is scary. He gets injured way too often, even, like, whether it be even, like, a slight injury, it doesn't always help in his case, whether it be his ACL or sometimes he had the big ankle injury that helped, that held him out for quite some time. To say it's going to be a manageable thing is it's hard to say for a guy like him. Maybe you could say that for someone like Derrick Henry or maybe like one of those other top dogs. So the Giants are definitely going to have to figure out how to maneuver their situation now because there's a lot to talk about. So now if we just want to look at the rest of the Giants season and what they could potentially end with because they still do have a top five uh, hardest schedule going into the rest of the season. You got teams like Dallas, Washington, New England, Green Bay, New Orleans. They play the Eagles twice and also as well as the Rams. A lot of people are saying that if the Giants are able to pull out one win, that's that's a big thing for the, the Giants. Like no one really expects them to get a win. Does do we agree with that? Do we think they can pull out one win or maybe even two, three? Who knows? What do we think is looking like the prediction for the rest of the season? I really think the Eagles are going to be the hardest challenge that they have. You know, you got uh, you got DeAndre Smith, you know, um, Devontae Smith. So, or, I'm sorry, uh, DeAndre Swift and Devontae Smith. You know, you got two star players right then and there. Um, I definitely think the Eagles are going to put up a challenge. If we could at least squeeze maybe one win, I actually went ahead and uh, ranked them. I think the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Saints are going to be the top three hardest um, wins that they'll have to try to squeeze something out just to up, you know, team morale, fan morale, just overall motivation. With the two and six record, um, which is already pretty poor as it is, you know, one win out of, out of those six games can be completely, you know, uh, motivating it could be a complete 180 for the team definitely show like what gas they have left in the tank you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. and i think i could definitely see the giants winning one more game but i think the issue is also you have to understand that 
going into a game, it's not just the Giants having a good game, but it has to be on a day where the opposition is also struggling as well. Maybe a lot of misfortune having a bad day as well. So I think it goes for both sides as well. But again, I, in my eyes, it's, it's, I see them having a really hard time winning any games if they do end up winning one at all. And it's going to be a tough end to the season for the Giants. Also, as a Giants fan, I'm not going to lie, I always try to hold out hope, but there's, for being honest, not much hope left in this season for them. So now we're going to look towards a different side of the NFL, a player in specific who is on pace to come back in the next week or two, and obviously has been not the play, or the team is looking a little different with him, not not at the helm, but at helping out this offense. When you look at a guy like, Justin Jefferson, he's he's looking to come back hopefully next week, if not the week after. In the time that he has been out, Justin Jefferson, with having his hamstring injury, the Vikings are 4-0 and without him. So that kind of comes to show, like, coming into the season, they were, I believe, with with Justin Jefferson, I think they had a record of somewhere around 1-3 or 1-4, something in that realm. So now he was out the whole time, and the Vikings are 4-0. Kirk Cousins missing the rest of the season. Joshua Dodds has been taking the helm of the offense. has been looking pretty good, to say the least. He started the season at the Arizona Cardinals and then got traded to the Vikings. So if we're looking at the, the trend of this team and what it's looking like and how the Vikings are playing very well without Justin Jefferson, not to say, is he the, like, is he the issue, but like, he might just be because when he is in the in the game, you can obviously tell when you got a guy like Justin Jefferson, you're gonna want to force him the ball. You're gonna want to get get him involved as much as possible because he is arguably the best receiver in the league. But the moment he's now out, they're going four and zero. They're going undefeated. They're able to spread the ball around with guys like KJ Osborne, Jordan Addison, Alexander Madison, TJ Hawkinson. So do we think that maybe not? Is he the issue? But do the Vikings need to figure out a way that when he does come back, don't focus the offense so much around Justin Jefferson? No, 100%. I do feel like um, something that I've noticed is that, you know, whenever we watch the Vikings play, it's either like a really close win or loss. So even without Jefferson, I still feel like uh, Addison and Hawkinson will definitely be relied on for um, for a safer offense. Um, you know, I think he's going to be integral for a playoff push. But um, I also think that Dobbs has got to limit um, some of his, uh, uh, excuse me, turnovers for the Vikings to win some games, you know. Um, we got to rely on uh, Danilly Hunter to make some key stops. I think um, even without Jefferson in the game right now, I still think the Vikings are staying as a team. You know, they're keeping their heads on straight. But I think that once he comes back, I think they're going to have a serious, uh, you know, a serious, uh, like it's a, a force to be reckoned with. I think they're playoff bound. Um, it's still pretty early, so you know, I, I I definitely see uh I definitely see a lot of potential with these guys. Yeah, and this is definitely somewhat of a rare situation that teams find themselves in. And um as soon as as I saw the statistics for the Vikings uh having basically undefeated since Jefferson has been injured this season, the one thing it reminded me of was I mean I'm gonna talk about a little basketball here, going to the NBA, John Moran last year, uh Memphis Grizzlies started off struggling. He got injured for a little bit, and the Grizzlies, they were on a roll. They ended up getting the um, second biggest win in NBA history as well during that stretch. He ended up coming back, and fans are questioning, 
hey, you know, should he really be playing for our team? Do we really want him? Because we were playing fine without him. And it's a very similar situation with what we see here with Justin Jefferson. Now, I do think that uh, Joshua Dobbs will definitely target more for uh, Hawkinson as well, which I think he's will be a vital piece for that playoff push. Uh, but overall, I mean, we all know what Justin Jefferson is capable of. He's a great player. And with the new quarterback, you never know sometimes. Uh, obviously, there'll be plenty of discussions with the two of them, uh, Dobbs and uh, Jefferson. But we're just going to have to wait and see, really, because I'm really curious about how the Vikings are going to handle him. I feel like the Vikings, year in and year out, are always kind of like a unique team to talk about because they always have such high expectations with guys like Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and out of time, they had Dalvin Cook. So they're always like – they. It's they always somehow find themselves in a weird spot throughout the season. And I think now this is their weird spot with having Justin Jefferson out and playing arguably better football when he is not in the game. So there's a lot to look at. And then, like, it's tough to say with how, when he comes back, is Justin Jefferson going to be the same? Obviously, it's only been four or five games he's been out. So there is definitely the the speculation that when he comes back, Hopefully it's the exact same because he has had quite the start to a season or quite the start to a career as a wide receiver being compared to the likes of guys like Randy Moss, Chris Carter, and even just has some flashes and aspects of guys like uh, Calvin Johnson, a.k.a. Megatron. So the Vikings going down the line are going to look to see how this team can play. And maybe when Justin Jefferson comes back, they can build off of the momentum they have and use Justin Jefferson to become even better. But now there's one other player I want to talk about because he is arguably the the talk of the NFL right now. Being a rookie quarterback and also arguably being involved in the MVP conversation is something you don't really ever hear about too often. So when you look at a guy like C.J. Stroud, he has been on a tear this year, having one of the best rookie quarterback seasons that I think most people have ever seen. Going into the game today, he had 2,270 yards, 14 touchdowns, and the crazy aspect to talk about is he only has two turnovers, one interception and one fumble. That is what comes into like talk here. Like As a rookie quarterback, that is like most of the time you are turning the ball over at least once a game. Sometimes maybe you get a clean game. But rookie quarterbacks are still trying to figure out their groove in the NFL. C.J. Stroud, he's been in that groove. He's already found that. He's already making his name known. He has a lot of weapons like Tank Dell, Nico Collins, Damian Pierce. So the question I'm going to have for you guys is, with how he's playing and being a rookie quarterback, where do we rank him out of all the quarterbacks in the league? I'm not going to lie, man. He He's pretty vital. I think he would probably be in, like, top two, top three. You know, he is a rookie, but he's on part to win offensive rookie of the year, you know. Um, that's it's mind blowing, you know, it's so impressive. And like you said, Chris, some of those weapons that he's got, you know, Tank Dell, Nico Collins, even Dalton Schultz, you know, hey, they got such a solid offensive uh, offensive game going for him that I really think that he could be projected to be up in the top, you know. A hundred percent agree. And I think based on form, at least for me, he will probably be in that four or five range because I'll probably put two of Mahomes and Burrow ahead of him. But it's just been remar- remarkable what he's been doing. But I think the other thing that people fail to mention is that he's also playing under a first year head coach in D'Amico Ryan, which is something that doesn't get looked at very often. And first year in the league, a team 
who didn't have a good year last year, he's already gotten to more wins at four than they had all last year at three. And the stats that he's been putting up, I mean, it's, I'm speechless just by looking at it. Uh, no doubt in my mind, he's going to win rookie of the year. Everyone should, I hope, agree with me there. But, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see how far Stroud is going to take uh, the Texans this year. You both bring up very solid points, Miguel. You talk about the first-year head coach, that he's been doing great things over there. So I also now want to ask, because with the new uh, first-year head coach, and he already knows he has some star wide receivers over there, but with the way C.J. Stroud is playing, do we think that if you give him a star wide receiver such as the likes of maybe a Justin Jefferson type of guy or Tyree Killer or someone of that level, that stature, do we think that could, one, push C.J. Stroud into the conversation of being a top five guy even or top seven? Can he be up there? And maybe even with a guy like that, can they make a good playoff run? Absolutely. I I think they're making a really good push for the playoffs right now. Um, you know, such a solid offense. You know, he's playing. What I'm, I love what you said, Miguel, the first year head coach. That that's such a vital like piece of information that's often overlooked. Um, you know, I definitely think they're going to better off. Uh, they're uh, going to benefit off of their offense. Um, he, he obviously benefits from his from the top uh, wide receivers. You know, um, I I think that they're. I think they're making a heavy, heavy push for the playoffs. Yeah, and I really love that question as well because it really gets me thinking. Now, it's been eight games, small sample size, but if you throw in a superstar wide receiver in there, I think specifically for this season, Texas would possibly be one of the top teams, really, because what I mean, it just goes back to the quality that CJ Stroud has. And Overall, he's just had a great season, and I'm sure the Carolina Panthers are looking back at this and thinking, what have they done? What have they lost here in Stroud? It's really a, a, a turnaround, to say the least, the Texans have had. I mean, when you look back at their future or past seasons, haven't really played all that great. So when they came into this draft, getting guys like C.J. Stroud and also Will Anderson on the def- defensive side – they have a lot of potential to to do great things over there in Houston and bring some hope and some glimmer to a franchise that hasn't really been up to par or up to the the hopes that fans would like. So going into say the future of this of the season, I want to ask both of you a question on what is one team that you think is either going to be the leader the rest of the season, meaning they could go in the playoffs and make a big run. Or even someone like a surprising team. Because I get, you could say guys like the Chiefs, the Eagles, or teams like that. But if you had to pick one team that could surprise the rest of the season and make a big run, who would you guys pick? Uh, I don't know about you guys. I am a Jets fan, so I'd love to say the Jets. But realistically speaking, I think the Chargers are going to make a heavy push for it. Um, I'd love to talk about the Jets, but, you know... Aaron Rodgers had at the moment. Zach Wilson's not really doing his greatest. So, you know, it's it's a little depressing at times. You know, can't can't expect for too much. Um but I, I really think the Chargers are gonna make a uh, run for the playoffs. I think they've they've like solidated themselves, you know, they've they've shown that they could handle pressure. 
Um, not to mention, completely off topic, they got some of the nicest uniforms in the league. Personal opinion, just had to throw it out there. But um, but yeah, I really, I really think that they're playoff bound. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. But I think another team for me that is really going to be making a push where I feel like hasn't really been talked about as much as the Ravens, actually. It's 7-2 on the season. They've been playing really well. And I think uh, just overall, they've just been overlooked. You hear the likes of the Eagles, as you mentioned, the Chiefs, 49ers are in there as well. I think the Ravens is that one team that can definitely make some noise, possibly win a Super Bowl that hasn't really talked about, that hasn't really been talked about as much as I fear, I feel like they should have. There's a lot of teams that are going to make some waves in the rest of the season and also in the postseason. NFL has always a lot to talk about and a lot to examine because a lot of upsets, a lot of teams who make some waves throughout. So definitely week in and week out, there's going to be a lot to talk about. That's going to be it for this week's episode of X's and Opinion. I'm Chris Jones and I'm here with Ryan Fox and Miguel Frida. This will be the end of this episode. We'll be back again for another episode next week of X's and Opinions.